It's John, a cut above horror review. We have episode number 84 coming up, talking about a brand new movie from last year. It's called Master. We continue on celebrating Women of Horror Month with the cut above horror review, Master 2022, and it starts now. Cut my life into pieces. Good evening and welcome to A Cut Above Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we'll be discussing Master from 2022 in continuation of our Women in Horror Month. Uh, but before we start, let's meet everybody else on the show. First up, it's Hydraberg. What's going on, Hydraberg? How's y'all doing? <laughs> that was very Southern of you. Yeah. Okay. How's y'all doing? <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I don't know. It just, just, just felt, felt it. It just felt right. I was just feeling it. Okay. Sometimes you just got to go with your gut, man. Yeah. <laughs> and next up, we got John. What's going on, John? Yeehaw. Oh, okay. Yeah. How y'all doing? <laughs> I don't know. I thought we were doing a Southern theme here today. <laughs> I guess that's what we're doing. <laughs> Rootin' tootin' cowboys up in here. Okay, Yosemite Sam. <laughs> Tootie fucking fruity. Now mm. that I can get behind. And thank you for sharing that, Hydraberg. That was very nice. <laughs> it's your I, turn I, to get it in. Jack, I don't you... know if you saw that, but Bill Mosley had like on his uh, Twitter or Instagram, I think uh, he had posted a uh, Ben and Jerry's box and it said Tootie fucking fruity on it. And it had characters from Rob Zombie's 1000 Courses. Yeah, I did see that. First of all, nice job getting that yeah. in there. Well done. Thank you, John. John kind of lent that to me. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was kind of a little assist there. Um, yeah, I did see that, actually. But you know what? I, I didn't like that as much as I like my tutti fucking fruity candle for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's tangible. Like, right? You can get that. You can smell it. I know. Is that a real oh, thing? Is, is that a real ice cream that's coming out? No, I, Jerry's. Oh, no. I thought you meant it's tutti fruity, a real flavor. And I'm like, um, are you from planet Earth? No, I know, I know it is, but I, I was wondering if Ben and Jerry's is like actually doing that because they've been known to do some really obscure shit. Yeah, but I, I don't think they'd go that far, unfortunately. I know we'd, you know, we'd be delighted by that, but I, I don't see that. I wonder happening. what a Rob Zombie themed ice cream would taste like. Um, like dirt like, and like, rage and misery, burnt, like burnt rubber and and, and cigarette butts. Yeah, all I think it would be all over. vegan. I think that's what it would be. Yeah, true. That's true. Non dairy. It'd be a sorbet. <laughs> Actually, Ben and Jerry's does make a pretty tasty non dairy ice cream. I I think they use almond milk, maybe, but it's <laughs> really good. Yeah, like, really good. I love Ben and Jerry's. Me too. Welcome to ice cream talk. I, I know. We're eat... just <laughs> yeah. I can't eat ice cream anymore. You know why? Because I'm lactose not intolerant. I'm lactose sensitive. Oh. And the last time I ate one of those little pints of Ben and Jerry's, guess who was getting up at three o'clock in the morning? This oh, guy. no. Tummy yeah. troubles. Oh, man. It was terrible. And I'm like, man, I love ice cream and I can't have it anymore. Shit. <laughs> you put the toot in root and toot. I did. <laughs> in tootie fruity. Tootie fruity. Yeah. <laughs> tootie fucking fruity. Oh, Lord. Yeah, that's this is what we're talking about tonight. We're just going to talk about tootie, ice cream. Tootie and... booty was more like it. Am I right? <laughs> tootie booty. <laughs> Yeah, that was. Yeah, I, like that. I like it. I like it. You saw yeah. the opportunity and you seized it. Seized it. Knocks oh. one out of the park with that one. 
All right. Well, how are you guys doing this week? Doing well. Pretty, doing well. What? Rested up? Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. John, have you watched Curb Your Enthusiasm yet? I have not. I'm right. like you. I don't watch a lot of shows. And if I do get into the show, I'll end up binging it all night long. And Well, that's out. good. You should binge Curb. Hyderberg, can you just change your pick for next week from to what it is to, yeah, to Curb Your Enthusiasm so that John will be forced to watch it? Okay. You know what that's... I have watched a lot of? What? Uh, the Hot Ones. Where the uh, the guy Sean he interviews uh, celebrities while they're eating hot wings, like progressively getting hotter and hotter. It's all on YouTube, and it's really interesting because this guy asks great questions. It's not like your typical. And they'll sit down with this guy for like a half hour and just eat wings, and it gets hotter. And you see the reaction; they start sweating because they get the (laughs) ghost pepper chili sauce on on their wings. But it's it's really fun to watch. That's I got a hot take. I've actually, what's not a hot take? I've, just, I've never actually seen that show. I've seen clips of it, but I've never yeah. sat down and actually watched an episode. Yeah, it takes about 20, 30 minutes. I mean, if you've got a little bit of time, I would recommend it because it's entertaining. It's and they I hear a lot good, of good, good. things. Yeah, I was Is it a real one. show or did you say it's on YouTube? Or it's what? a YouTube show. Oh, okay. Yeah. But they get all the biggest, like Halle Berry was on one. Yeah, he gets a lot of people and he gets yeah, them to that like, boat some, like, some inner stuff, especially. I, I think the hotter the wings are, the more they're willing to like talk a little bit. Just, because of how not really they because they, they, they start yeah. freaking out they all have their like like palate for hot like spicy food and once they get to the like the okay, seventh one food. they're like i need milk and then you know they're just they're, they're like what was the question has anybody ever <laughs> thrown up uh no i've never seen anybody throw up on it i, I did see one with chris jericho and he he kept spitting and it was mm. the grossest thing i've ever seen <laughs> Really? The grossest thing you've ever well, seen? Well, I mean, uh, on that show, you know, because it, it actually makes you hungry for wings. But I'm he's hungry just right a, now. He's just sitting yeah. there going. <laughs> I could see how that would uh, you know, just spit dampen the, the appetite. No. No, and he would take the wings? wussiest little bites. He would just go. Uh, I could almost picture him doing like that technique where you like mush it down. And then you just, you just put it in your mouth and all of it comes off the bone. I'll tell you, I'll, the, yeah, I'll tell There's you who killed it. For eating wings. I, and one more thing, uh, who killed it was Ronda Rousey, because she oh, ate really? the whole thing. She just. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Can you get the wings boneless is what I want to know. They can. They actually, because there's a lot of celebrities that are vegan, so they have the vegan wings or, or cauliflower. Like cauliflower, yeah. Yeah, so it, so they'll marinate the stuff in the cauliflower. Okay. And, Here's a here's a question for both of you guys. Okay. Flats or 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 the drumstick? You like the wing? Oh god, dude. I'm I, I'm sorry, I'm on both sides of the fence of that because I like both. I mean, there are times where I want the flats and I just because yeah. I like pulling it apart. And yeah, you, yeah. But sometimes I like the, the drumstick. I'm with you. I'm I lean more flat though. I'm a flat guy. I prefer I so I, I prefer a boneless wing because I don't I I just get weird about eating meat off the bone. Insert jokes here. But... No, no, no. I've actually, I've, I had an ex-girlfriend oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. was like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't need them to be cauliflower wings. I just want them to be the bone. Yeah. They're, you know, they're more like nuggets, I guess. But Tenders. Um, Tendies. Yes. Yeah. Like, and I like, I, I I can go real hot, but I just don't like gnawing things off a bone. It weirds me out. Like, there's <laughs> ligaments and connective tissue and shit. I don't like it. It is. Uh that's kind of like why I like the flats because I feel like you get better meat on the flats with the with the wing 
like drumstick you sort of get like a lot that's where you get more of the cartilage at the top and sometimes you got to eat around it or yeah yeah i'm not hungry anymore now <laughs> <laughs> connective tissue mm. <laughs> sounds like a rock band's name <laughs> let's start a band and it'll be called connective tissue <laughs> and we'll, um, throw, we'll throw hot wings into the crowd yeah that'll be our gimmick yeah all right. Well, you guys want to talk about horror movies now that we're done sure, talking about? Sure, food? sure. Yeah. That's, sorry about that. I got <laughs> no, sidetracked. No, no. So, I, was, I, I went along for the ride there. There you go. All right. So uh, I know you love the 90s, Jacqueline. So I think this one you might enjoy. There is another mm-hmm. legacy sequel coming mm-hmm. out. Hang I on. Heard about this. Let me see if I can guess. Let me see if I can guess. Okay. Because I think From I'm reaching 90s. into my brain. I feel like I read something about this. Is it, I know what you did last summer? Very good. Very Yay. good. They are. And guess who's coming back for it? Um, Jennifer Love Hewitt? Yes. Really? And Freddie Prince Jr. Yes. You yeah. down? Yeah, I'm down. I mean, I wouldn't say that the original is like an all-time fave, but it's, I, you know, I think it's a fun one. So I would, I would definitely watch a reboot. Yeah, it's in pre-production. I want, uh, I want Jack Black's reggae character from the second one to come back. <laughs> no, I think he died, but... Maybe yeah. there's a swerve and he's still alive. Are you Maybe excited about this? Pull a Kirby. Yeah. What Are you excited said? about this one? I'm not. I'm not either. I I, I was never a fan of the, the. Me neither. There was two or three. There was like four. I feel like. There was, I still uh, no 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 what you did <laughs> last. I summer know what you did the years. summer before last summer, which was technically winter. <laughs> before so that. Was, there was I know what you did last summer. I still know what you did last summer, which I think is a good title. And then there was I'll always know what you did last yeah. summer, which is a bad title. I mm-hmm. don't know if anything came after that. Do you guys know? No, I don't know. See, wasn't they a fan just, of the franchise. They always just seemed like they were piggybacking on Scream. You know, yeah. that's what mm-hmm. it always seemed to me. And but there was a lot of movies like that. I mean, no, I know you, you can't you can't put that all on them i mean you saw, oh, I'm, like, not, I'm not saying like i'm just saying like when they came out originally it just i kind of saw through that and like i've, I've seen them all but mm. it's like there's definitely diminishing returns the first one's okay like it's an interesting premise we saw something similar with um uh sorority, sorority row yeah sorority yeah. row had a similar premise around the same time as well right well and right. also the one with the um uh prom night right yeah the remake of prom night you mean, or the actual original? The original, right? Yeah, the original. Isn't that the one with the little kids, like, and yeah, yeah. somebody dies in the house, and they keep it all a secret, and for like ten years, and then it all comes out on prom night. Yeah. yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis dances around, looking all fabulous. Super fabulous. She does look fabulous in that movie. She does. Uh, some bad news. Uh, George P. Wilbur. You may not recognize his name, but we, you will recognize his face. He did play. Uh, Michael Myers, The Shape of Michael Myers yeah, in Halloween 4 and 6, uh, passed away at the age of 81. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm not going to make an evil dies tonight joke. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I you just did. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yes, but by saying you weren't going to do it, oh. you kind of did it. <laughs> oh, hey, everybody. Have you heard the news? <laughs> what? Joe Bob is back in town. Oh, nice, nice job. A last drive-in gonna be on Shutter this Friday. It is Valentine's Day themed. It's called Joe Bob's Vicious Vegas Valentine. Oh, yay! That sounds exciting. 
what in the teaser he said something about like this is going to be one of the most twisted love story movies because he's doing a double feature again Romeo and, and Julia no, I, yeah I would love to see a tr- yes. movie yes right there. now and I hope Darcy got my uh, Valentine's Day gift that I sent her <laughs> nice oh. good wow I have a little crush on her um he's also going to marry a couple during the show really yeah is it me and Jeff Goldblum no, it's you and Idris Alba. <laughs> hmm. I'll take I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. And you guys to uh officiate the wedding, you're gonna have to wash your faces together in the same like little sink. It sounds good. Maybe I can wash his face. Yes, splash your little and moisturize holy water yes. on your face. <laughs> yes, Looking we can dark. moisturize and yeah. exfoliate each other. <laughs> is that uh, what the no, kids I, are calling I, it nowadays? Yes, that is what they say. Uh, yeah, so I, I've enjoyed Joe Bob's Valentine specials in the past. I didn't make it last year, but the year before that, he showed, I don't remember what this, oh, it was Tammy and the T-Rex, which immediately became like my new favorite movie. Mm-hmm. If you haven't watched that, stop what you're doing, go watch it. And then um, The Love Witch. And I just yeah, remember that. Wait, being, that was two years. Yeah. I think that was two years ago. But that I just remember bizarre. that being a really fun, really fun night with the, you know, and, the, you know, Bob and the Straight Chillin' Boys had a a Zoom watch party, and a bunch of us were in there together watching. It was just a really fun night, and a, I thought it was a good combination of movies. So yeah. I have high expectations for this week's showing. Two twisted love stories, so we'll see. All right. And that's about all I've got. Well, those were good news stories, John. I enjoyed those. All right, um, Jacqueline, so it was your pick this week, and I- I'm excited because we did this last year, Women of Horror Month. What did you choose? Who was it directed by and why? Please tell us why you picked it. All right. Well, I chose a very recent movie called Master from just last year, 2022, uh, written and directed by Mariama Diallo, who's somebody like I'm not familiar with. Yeah, um, I'm not familiar with her at all, but I, I picked this movie... Well, I'll be honest with you guys. I started to watch this movie last summer because uh, we were only about halfway through the year. But in just reading articles on Bloody Disgusting and people's blogs and stuff like that, this movie was popping up on a lot of people's lists of best movies they'd seen of the year so far. So I thought, oh, OK, I'll, I'll give that a try. And uh, I remember sitting down to watch it one night. Didn't really know much about it. But I turned it on and literally the very first shot, like the opening shot of the movie, I paused it immediately. I was like, that looks exactly like where I went to college. So I looked it up and sure enough, it was exactly where I went to college. And I could see my old dorm building and I could even see my freshman year window. So I got real excited. You did that Leonardo DiCaprio. I did. I went at the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I did. I did. Um. so I got over my initial excitement though and decided to actually like pay attention and watch the movie and then I don't know 15 minutes in or so I got interrupted by something as you do and um and I never finished it and so I was kind of just going through when I was trying to figure out what to pick for this week um I, I had actually had another choice planned with a particular guest and that didn't work out so I had to kind of regroup um so I was kind of going through a list of just movies that I wanted to watch. And I was like, all right, who's who, who are some like, who are my female directors here, writers and directors? 
And this one kind of ended up on the short list. And I thought, well, let's do this one. And it'll give me an excuse to actually finish it and see what, see, you know, if it, I think it's worthy of being on people's top lists for last year. So that's, that's, that's basically that's a very, very nice segue because you get to de- determine first, does this movie <laughs> fuck or does it suck? Well, I, 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 okay. I can't say that I had high hopes for this movie because I, I didn't really have much uh, knowledge about it going in. I just knew that people seemed to like it last year. And I'm, I won't go into too much detail right now, but ultimately I'll say I was kind of disappointed by it. Um, it didn't really live up to what I expected from a movie that's making people's top lists for the year, even halfway through the year. Uh, I, I feel like I expected more. Um, it's not terrible. I, 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 I cannot say that it fucks. And I have to say I'm a little on the fence about whether or not it sucks. It might be in suck territory, but it might be like right on the middle ground. So that remains to be seen. I have a feeling that some of our discussion might influence my ultimate opinion of this movie, but it does not fuck. Okay. So, John, what do you think? Oh, man. Um, This was a sad movie to watch. I didn't get any levity in this movie at all um, without going too much into it right now. I'm kind of with you, except I'm going to go with your new, your new, uh, I guess, way to judge it. I'm going to say it's a frigid fuck. Okay. Um, I did not think it sucked at all, Um, but um, it's either, you know, flaccid or it's frigid, you know, one of the two. Okay. Fair. I got it. I, I, I can get down with that. Hyderberg, what do you think? Yeah, so uh, this is a first-time directorial debut by the director, and she Mm -hmm. wrote it as well, so Mm -hmm. I am very impressed by that. Uh, As far as whether it fucks or sucks, I'm sort of on the fence with you guys. I have it written down that it's a fuck, but that it leaves you wanting more, and it's a little confusing, and you're unsatisfied at the end, which I guess could be seen as a frigid fuck. I haven't. I definitely am curious where this conversation is going to lead my my final review. Yeah, final. same here. Sounds like we're all like kind of in the same boat on this one, and I feel like this we're kind my of my second time seeing it. When did you see? When did you see it for the first time? I saw it when when it released on Amazon last year. Okay, so basically a year ago, because I think it was pretty it, early in the year. I definitely remember it. There's parts like as soon as you brought it up on the docket, I was like, okay, I remember that film. I remember. Unfortunately, I remember some of the negatives of my my critiques at the mm. most. But well, I'm very anxious to hear what you guys have to say. So, um, John, can you hit us with the spoiler warning? Sure. We we'll can... be talking about we'll be talking about Monster from 2022, which you can find exclusively on Amazon Prime. We'll be talking about this movie in its entirety. If you have not seen the movie, pause the podcast. Podcast. Go watch it, then find out what we thought yeah, the about pad-ca- the podcast. Turn into a Bostonian, just yeah, the podcast. Go pack your cat and then yeah, listen to the, the podcast. <laughs> Get a coffee. Well, now you're in New York. I don't know what's going on. Taffy. Yeah, that's my territory, John. Stay in California. California. Just kidding, kidding, kidding. Don't don't trespass I'm, on Hydro. Yeah, I'm walking property. here. <laughs> Forget about it. All right, Hydroberg, <clears throat> do you have a reach around for us? I do. I have a reach around. All right. Whenever you're ready. Go for it. All right. 
Gail Bishop, the new headmaster, her first semester led to disaster. Racial divide built and casting. For new student Jasmine, it takes a minute to realize her classmates are mostly bigots. A campus cursed by Margaret Millet. Witchcraft at play in large proportions. A professor's lie about being orphaned. Jasmine exposes the veil of distortion. Touched one night at 333, a black-cloaked witch she now must see. All she seeks is her degree, an undergrad who fills out an application to dispute an altercation with professor appropriation. Gail realizes she's part of a vicious cycle as Jasmine turns to suicidal. Master's plans are genocidal. Systemic methods of racial termination, more nefarious than means than segregation. Now Jasmine won't make her graduation. Live lost respect, Gail doesn't trust her. Her dignity she comes to muster as she resigns her position as headmaster. Yeah, well done. Nice. Very good. Yeah, I wish I could... Master of Puppets, control on the strength. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hyderberg is going to be our levity for this movie because we, we need it, Hyderberg. Yeah, it, it's God damn, this is a hard watch. I, I even mean, said to John, huh? I'm sorry. No, I was just talking about what we were talking about before we, we started recording about the levity. Yeah. How we recorded uh, a while back, a couple weeks ago, Get Out, right? And we reviewed that. And there was levity to that. And I feel like the levity in that film, although part of it was a critique of mine, I, I didn't hate it at all. But I do think that levity helps wash the message down a little bit better where this one just it just it was so hard to watch. You know what I mean? And it's like you said, John, it's just sad. And then I feel like it fumbles a little bit in the messaging as well. One thing it did not do well for me is the jump scares. And maybe I was watching it during the day and it yeah. just didn't hit me as hard. Um, I did like the use of color, the use of red specifically, you know, when, when something bad or she was in a dream state, you would see red. Yeah, yeah you did. That's right. Um, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, I loved the actress who played Jasmine. Oh my so gosh. She was so charming and you just felt for the, the entire movie and she kept that way. And it was just like, your heart went out to her. So I, if that's what the director wanted to get that sympathy for her and just be on her side the entire time. Well done. Regina King killed it. I do think so also, especially since. Hang on. Was it Regina? Regina King? Hall. Regina yeah. Hall. Regina King, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Regina I... King's from Friday. Yeah, okay. <laughs> awesome actress Reg as well. Yeah. Regina yes. Hall. Uh, my apologies. Regina George. I know she listens. Huh? Regina George. <laughs> I'm just Isn't kidding. that Mean Girls? Mean Girls, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but no, you're right, Regina King, because we're not expecting it, too, because what we've seen her in all, like, three scary movies before. Uh, to see her do a role where, well, she's been in, in more serious roles. I haven't seen them all, though, as an, as she's been, uh, you know, progressing as an actress. And I was definitely surprised by how good she was in this film. So, John, I have to say, I, I just kind of had a, I, I just felt a little jarred for a moment when you said, Oh, one thing that didn't work for me was the jump scares. I I kind of forgot until just this minute that it's a horror movie. Yeah. Like the way I've been thinking about it this whole time is basically as a drama. And I like I didn't explicitly think this, but I just was not even thinking in like taking my notes or, you know, kind of writing down my review and stuff. Like I wasn't even thinking about any of the horror elements 
of it I feel like it's they're kind of minimal and I feel like really more than anything it's like mainly a drama um, yes. not, not that that matters but it just it's it just really kind of uh took me aback for a second when you talked about the jump scares I was like oh yeah I, guess I think a as a movie. horror movie that sort of hurts the film a little bit uh mm-hmm. the dramatic parts yes they're good I, I I thought the writing was mostly good too and the parts that are a little like there is a sense of ominous dread to certain scenes, especially around, you know, centered around Gail and Jasmine. Um, so more so than anything. Um, like, I like the stuff at the house, the master's house. It seems like there's a haunted tale to be told there. The servant's bell, it seems, is ringing or something. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Every once in a while. Um <laughs> And there's like these footprints that are showing up with mud that she's meant to clean up at some point. You know, it's like a metaphor for her cleaning up the issue mm-hmm. of diversity in the school. But here, here was one of my favorite shots because this movie is strictly about racism and bigotry and and yeah. what African-Americans have to go through. You know, even if they're successful, they still have to go through all this stuff. There was a shot where Regina Hall, I got it right, right? Yes. Okay, where she's the the camera was on the floor with her and then she's scrubbing away at the carpet and then she scrubs away at the floor. And then you hear that the bell. And then I went that was like it was very in your face, but it was very, I guess, subtle, too, that that, you know, the way as big as this place looked and, and the history that this this house had of having slaves and stuff like that. You know, I just thought that one shot looked look really beautiful in it and and a gut punch no it was good it's like i especially like the part where she uh pulls the the sheet off the paint the painting of her the portrait of her and like she the moth comes out of the eye and then maggots start coming out of like there's there are some like creepy moments in this film uh i especially like i said i i like the stuff centered around her house and like her story in general I do feel like the film jumps around a lot, though, because so I like those moments. But then we got to deal with the witch, too. Right. And so like. All right. So we have a haunted house. Then we have the witch. They don't necessarily seem connected. We don't I don't know. Like, is the witch even real? Because there's elements to make you think that maybe it's not also, uh, you know, and then the like you said, John, the overall main problem that is not a facade is the racism. Like, that's the real issue. That's the dramatic element of the film. Uh, and that's what the film's mainly its ma- main message is trying to get across is, you know, this systemic racism, especially mm-hmm. in a place like this, of you know, academia. Right. Where yeah. Even people that have that are smart, went to college, have these positions of power. They're still dealing with this kind of stuff even though right. they should be garnering this respect of their peers, they're, they're not in a sense. Yeah. And so, th- go ahead, Jacqueline. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say Hyderberg. Um, you said a moment ago that, you know, there's a lot going on here. And so, you know, um, Gail's story, is, you know, has some interesting things going on in the house and that like the, the sinister things that are happening in her house seem to be a metaphor for like, being haunted by the past of like the position that black people Mm -hmm. held within this institution that she's now living on kind of the other side of that coin now in this modern age but the traces of that still remain and are like haunting her so yeah like the the bells the bells they're still in the house there's no use for them but they're still there 
Well, I, I let me ask you guys this: is that that it's like you said, Hydroberg? It jumps around, but there's two different stories going on here. Like I think there's three. Story. I think there's three. There's Liv's story also, which I think could be totally cut out of the entire film. If you, if I'm being honest, that irritated me big time. Uh, no, I'm talking about. Doesn't... Okay, so we have a we have a witch, you know, with this lore behind it that kills the first freshman, hang, hangs him out the window, or hangs this person out the window. Come to find out. There's another black woman that got she was killed apparently by this witch um in 1965 yeah, yeah 1965 louisa then, weeks which she has a lot of similarities to jasmine's character yeah yeah well and so i was gonna say i think that's the connection like i don't think there's any direct link between the story with the witch and gail's haunted house other than the fact that they're both they're different ways of these two separate yeah. characters being haunted by the right. past two different I, okay that, that's... but i think one is like i think one is executed more successfully than the other and i think that's gail i think the gail's haunting is executed much more successfully yeah. than um jasmine's and it's and so like the myth of like the entire campus is cursed because of margaret millet's death originally right but then it almost it almost seems like the witch is servicing the masters of the campus in a sense too. There's a uh, there's like I don't know. There's some it, so like what is the there's several undergraduates that tend to whoever have this room they they're haunted at some point. But it doesn't seem like every year that happens. It seems like every once in a while, right? Because the only mm -hmm. documentation that we're really hearing about it is jasmine and and louisa weeks right and yeah. they're going to be of color mm -hmm. so one of the one of the big 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 problems i have with this movie is listen i i am not a black person and i have not lived as a black person i like i went to a college that seems to you know that they, they used this location for a reason to represent a certain type of like new england mm -hmm. college um I know, I know the the college in the movie is fictitious, but they use the campus of the school. Well, yeah, because it's supposed to be like one of the oldest schools around, yeah. right? So yeah. there's so much ancestry going on yeah. here. So I, you know, I haven't lived life as a black student um, at, at an institution like that, um, but I am a person of color. I did attend a college similar to this one, and um, the kinds of like. The kinds of extremely overt racism, like just really blatant in your face racism that Jasmine experiences here seems like a reach for this day and age and in a college like this, which so I, I, I'm certain that like institutions like this have like systemic racism built in. They have a lot of things in their history that are based in inequality. I am sure that there are microaggressions that happen with students. Yeah. I'm sure there is bigotry. I'm sure there are things like faux allyship, you know, kind of like in Get Out, where you have this like white liberalism that yeah. looks progressive, but maybe isn't underneath. I'm sure there's all those things. But the kind of like blatant dismissiveness with which so many of the people at this school treat jasmine seems beyond belief to me like the way that the library like the librarian deliberately seems to target her or mistrust her i was curious um, about that scene too because it's and, like it's 
for me, I thought it was a little subtle. It was almost like that soft racism that Peel talks about mm. um, that he mentioned. I just thought I would have liked to see it play out when a, when one of those white males waiting behind her went off and the beep went off. And I would have liked to see how she put, like handled that situation because I would have cued in even further. Like, how well, she, she, I mean, she was so naive and and didn't really understand that from where she grew up in Tacoma, Washington. She didn't understand that because she was made a point to tell the librarian, oh, this happened to me yesterday. Yeah. But the librarian was like, oh, your family must be so proud. It's sort of like, yeah, yeah. okay. Microaggression. That, yeah. See, that to me is believable because it's, yeah. like, it's one of those things that's like meant as a good thing, but it reveals yeah. like a certain bias. Are you saying that to everybody? Or are you only saying it yeah. to, oh, you're, you're the well, black like, Exactly. When, like, when oh Jasmine first got to school, that that um they were having a little party inside the room and somebody spills a bottle and they hand her the paper towels yeah it's yeah, like, like hey, uh, can up. you just clean that up yeah or like she buys the pizza thing, and nobody pays her back that kind of it's, thing was just beyond credibility to me um and what was the other thing i was gonna say oh the fact that there's a mention by the it seems like a grad student or at least an upperclassman or something when she's like, you should really come to this, you know, AFAM house. It's really a great resource for the students of color on campus, all eight of us. And I'm like, in a whole college, and like, you really don't see another black student no. in the whole movie. And to me, that's just like, not believable to me. Like, it's just not in the year 2023, in a liberal arts college. I mean, these kinds of schools bend over backwards even just for the appearance of liberalism, inclusiveness, diversity. Again, I'm not saying that there isn't like self-interest involved there. Like oh, yeah. oh, we want to I mean, look inclusive. Is... And I'm not saying that there's not, um, you know, racist dynamics happening among, you know, administration, faculty, between students and all that. But to to imagine that there are only eight black students in the whole school just completely defies belief. And that kind of thing and the kinds of like the ways that the other students are treating her really took me out of her story because it just felt like this would never happen uh, at a it, school like this in 2023. In yeah, I think you're probably right, because it does feel it just feels like heavy handed a little bit. It's uh like you said, it's 2023. It's not 1965. It's not the 70s or when there would be more of a believable, like, yes, less, less people of color at that. That school. would be 100 percent believable. The, the but idea in the year 2023 now. Yeah. The idea of the school trying to become more diverse and more inclusive. And that's part of their 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 whole campaign. That mm -hmm. that's believable. Like, I get that. That's a, a plot yeah, point. But that makes sense. But. The fact that they seem so like behind the times just doesn't make sense. Yes. No, like so I went to college from the year 2000 to 2004. And even back then, I mean, at my there were like there was a huge student group for African-American students. There were subgroups that were like Caribbean students. Um, there was a huge campus wide group for Latinos that I was a part of. Mm -hmm. And like within that there was a subgroup for mexican americans that i was a part of and i mean there's just everything and i mean for every possible like group of people there was an organization for that and there were events and there was um there were resources and ways to connect with other people and it was just very i mean and that was like 20 years ago and yeah. so the thought of in 2022 i guess you know when this movie came out just beginning an initiative to like increase diversity that's like just insane
<laughs> you want to see how more heavy handed it got in the movie? Halfway through, they had a PSA about the college. Yeah, yeah a little diversity I do like, propaganda. <laughs> I do like the way they paired that PSA right after the burning of the cross. So it was like, yes. hey, the burning of the cross happens. Then we see the PSA and then we get the reality of things and we see Regina. I mean, not Regina, um, Gail and um, Jasmine after mm-hmm. the fire. And Jasmine's got like that fireman's fucking jacket thing on whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hard jacket. But um, I thought that was that spoke to me. But um, I think you're right. I, I, there's a lot of just heavy handedness to this film. Like there's moments where I get what you're trying to portray. Like we get to see still shots of people. The All the groundskeeper, like every single groundskeeper in the school is black. They're all mm-hmm. black. And I get it. Like they're the help. I understand that. And it's like a comparison because at the end we find, you know, Regina. I mean, I keep calling her Regina. Yeah. <laughs> OK, we'll know. That's what I know her so well as um, Gail sees herself as the help at the end. You know, she's like, yeah, I'm not I'm not the master. Like, I'm the maid. I'm just supposed to clean up your mess. Yep. Uh, that's exactly what she says, too. I, you're like, yeah, okay, and it makes perfect it. sense. It makes It's sad, but it makes perfect sense. Okay. It does, actually. I mean, like, I don't mind that that message. I think that's where the movie that's that's the central focus of the film. But there's so many other I don't know. There's just too many things going on in this film for me between jasmine and they don't all they don't all land right you got jasmine's story with the witch you got gail's story with the haunted mansion and then we have liv's story Liz. we haven't touched on who's oh, we will. possibly possibly a white woman appropriating black culture for her own reasons we don't know she could be black she could be mixed race possibly um you know she looks like a light-skinned woman to me but plenty of white people have fooled other people before and tried to pretend like they were a mixed race or some other for God knows what reason. I don't know, but um, just to feel special, I guess. Well, the the second I saw that conversation between now you got me saying it, um, Regina Gail and um, Esther, you know, the, uh, the mother of Liv and she revealed like, Oh, her father was white. I was like, we just got Dolezald. You guys remember Rachel Dolezal? Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I I didn't know the name, but I remember her coming. Like happened like, what, three years ago or so? Wasn't she? Yeah, wasn't she? It was more than that. I want to say maybe six or seven years ago. But wasn't she like the head of some like national black organization or something like that? Yeah, that's what was so shocking about it. Like that her her actual blackness came into question. And then, you know, the mother Esther does say too, like, oh, she might have the devil in her. That's why. And then I was thinking, well, well, maybe maybe she does maybe she is a bastard with a black man and then that's why you're implying she has a devil in her because you're racist and you're implying that like the black side of her is the devil mm-hmm. but that, that took that took me till the end of the movie to figure that out because i was still like like you said hydroberg it, it was really tough to follow what was going on here however just on a side note i loved the chapter titles i did too and they they said you know they said the last phrase at the end of the scene yeah so yeah. I, I thought that was cool. Like I, it it reminded me of like reading a book or something. Yeah. No, um, it was interesting. But but getting back to uh, Gail and is it Esther? Yeah, yeah. The mom. Yeah. Saying that she had the devil inside her. Okay, so um, I didn't figure that out. That this woman is also racist, like the rest of the community. When we find out the reveal, I thought I thought Liv was. She, she she's the bad guy she's the she's well, the, uh, she's the witch however she's got the cloak on 
Yes, she does. We're we're meant to figure it out on our own. The the movie never tells us outright. And as an audience, we're supposed to decide whether we think she's black or white or also then they throw in the cloak part too. So it was like she throws on the cloak. So does was she the one scaring Jasmine the whole time? Because there's elements of yeah, that could have been a person just in a cloak scaring you when you're on campus at three in the morning, but not the hand under the bed that looks like it's dying. Like Well, that was a dream, right? Was wasn't it? That a, wasn't that a dream? Because and she had she marks wakes... after, though. She yeah, was she had oh, marks around yeah. her neck, and that was the myth of the ghost. Was like it, it of the witch was it would mark you. It marked one person at that time, and then after that, it would start visiting you more and more, which it did. Oh, it I was such like, a weird. Like, what am I supposed to believe in here? There's there's all this ambiguity, but also there's also scenes that literally almost tell you right off the bat. So I'm like. What, so am I supposed to li- believe that Liv was working with the masters of like the school to scare? Because there's a theory also, and I don't necessarily think it's something that the film is necessarily trying to say, but we can entertain it. What if there's a theory that the witch is a real thing or or the image of the witch is a real thing that someone like Liv keeps the, the myth going, right? And scaring somebody into committing suicide. And that suicide keeps the masters of the school like it like feeds them basically like a soul you know what i mean like they feed on it because there's almost a thread to show that the masters of the school might be like immortal immortal i don't think they are i think what it's just mainly trying to show you is the cycle of it you mean because of the paintings just, yeah, yeah the because of the paintings because that the guys are playing cards is, yeah they look almost exactly like the guys playing cards and then yeah. oh uh the guy brian looks Obviously, that's his ancestor on the wall. If mm-hmm. not an ancestor, the same guy, just with a different styling. Now that it's modern times, yeah. I just read that as the cycle. The cycle. Yeah, I think it's more about the cycle, and not like an immortality. I, kind of I thing, too but... think that, but there I is. Got, a I hope right to there, God but... that's what it is, because yeah. I can't take any more. I can't take any more things in this movie. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, they're right. immortal. They need a. So- ah, there's already too many. You might be right, Hyderberg, but I just hope not. Were we supposed to believe that the witch actually wrote "Leave on the door"? No, I think we're supposed to believe that Amelia did that. Yeah. Yeah, that's what but I even thought. then Amelia has an issue going on where she just leaves but What happened with her in the because woods? Because she's so I guilty. She got raped. I thought she did too, but then it's but then she the says, way this they can't were happen talking... to me again. Wait, hold on a second. She said something like, uh, I don't want people to find out or something like that. Or so. she was just having like a little tryst in the woods with these dudes, maybe or something. I don't know. Was did it multiple guys? Knees? Yeah, there were knees at were at least all two cut guys. up. Oh. Yeah, but her clothes were all for... on and like intact. Yeah, so I don't were. know. So I thought that she was. I thought that they were dancing around saying that she got raped. But if that were the case, I felt like Gail's response to it was not serious it, enough. Yeah, because she didn't even mention like the and scuffs she, on her legs or anything. Yeah, she. I mean, she suggested that they go to the clinic or whatever. But she. Yeah, true. She wasn't like, oh, honey, like the way, like I think any woman. Who's being in? Con- who's being confided in by another woman that she's been sexually assaulted is immediately going to go into like protection mode yeah. and like sister mode, like oh honey, oh my god, you know. But she seemed weirdly distant and like matter of fact about it, like you know, like slightly concerned, but like not the way I would imagine 
any like normal woman would react if yeah if a, if a fellow especially woman a person in power like, who could do something right away about this situation yeah you know? and like that would need to be escalated that wouldn't be like oh let's go to the clinic oh no you don't want to go to the clinic okay no, and then it's dropped and never talked again it's never player. talked about again right. yeah like that should have been uh, like a just as important of a plot point as like the noose on the door like that's a serious problem on the campus if somebody's raping people so like that's i mean it just get like heidelberg i i'm totally on the same page with you that it's like there are certain things in this movie that like i don't know how we're meant to take them and i'm okay with ambiguity sometimes like sometimes that ambiguity is thought-provoking but in this case there are instances of ambiguity that's like they changed like knowing one way or the other would I think would change our entire view of the movie. And I feel like we kind of need to know some of these things. Yeah. There's moments of ambiguity and then they, I don't know. And then there's moments of just heavy handedness, like the very beginning when Jasmine gets to school and she's like given her room, right. And that, that one chick who's in charge of like uh, class or whatever the kids, um, she says like, Oh, Oh, she got room, whatever. Oh, and all the kids are like, oh, my God, she got that room. And then they don't say anything to her about it. Right. That's it. And then talking in front of her like she's not there. And I'm like, that's so heavy handed, though. Like you didn't need to. The movie just started. I don't feel like you needed to drop that exposition in my lap because later on at the house at the dorm when they're having like a little get together, she talks to Tyler and that was more natural. That was more organic to me to leave those breadcrumbs for Jasmine to start figuring out something's wrong with my room. Yeah. Or for her to say to the, like she could have said to the group, like, why is everybody acting weird that I'm in this room? Yeah. I I totally agree with you. I think it's like, it's so weird and excessive and Heidelberg. I think you're totally right. Like I think Jasmine's whole story is a little too heavy handed. And meanwhile, I think Liv's story isn't heavy handed enough. Like it's too ambiguous. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, too hot and too cold and then i feel like gales is the just right one i think we we have a goldilocks situation here we do and like liv's story too is like not even really developed too much until the very end there's There's the moments where she's like oh i thought you had a brother or you you were an orphan or whatever or no you had you were a single child and she's like oh sometimes i like to say i'm an orphan well see but that makes sense when Gail has the conversation with the mother, you know, of like she's yeah. just trying to hide who she is. I, and I get that. I but, guess, it, but then they show again, a photo and the photo looks white as fuck. It doesn't even look like the same woman. No, I, I now, agree. Granted, people and, grow up. They change a little bit, but. Maybe she had plastic surgery or maybe she like like we. I don't been. think we I don't think we know one way or the other whether she's really white or black. I feel like it's the way she really, speaks sometimes sounds like there's moments where she sounds like a proud black woman right Mm -hmm. and then there's moments where she sounds like a white woman trying to sound black like and it's odd to me it's i don't get it what are they trying like i don't know what's the point of even having ambiguity about that character i don't get what and then just throw the poke on her last minute like what are you trying to say really yeah as a professor she was trying to get tenure which i understand yeah i understand um jasmine got an f she uh, what she what was what, what's it called? Scarlet, Scarlet Letter. Letter. Yeah, yeah, but she got the, the up plight. on. It. I understand the plight of like Liv's character. Like, if she is a black woman who's very proud, having to sort of 
play nice with these well, white people that are in charge because she does want tenure very badly. She's so very, if she's if she's the one that's scaring Jasmine, is she is she just scaring Jasmine to get that tenure? Did she figure everything out ahead of time? Like if another student dies and I I, I fake this whole witch thing. Another student dies. That's going to give me tenure because I okay. can sit down and, and give this speech. Or she starts scaring Jasmine once Jasmine files a complaint to try and scare her out of school. So the complaint goes away. But there's nothing in the film that really le- there's no time. You only see the cloak at the end. It's not like you see her with the cloak on her chair somewhere in the classroom where you're like, oh, right. what's with that cloak? It looks uh, there's no breadcrumbs to even make you think that even Scooby Doo wouldn't be able to figure it out. <laughs> Um, yeah, Hyderberg, I'm I'm inclined to believe that, like, if that was Rachel trying to scare Jasmine, did I say Rachel? What's her <laughs> she name? I'm thinking Rachel Dolezal. You know, Rachel Dolezal, the the white lady pretending to be black. Um, okay. Liv, sorry, I'm sorry, yeah. Liv. Okay. <laughs> AKA Rachel. Yeah, just go. If I say Rachel again, just go with it. Um, so if that was her scaring Jasmine. Uh, in the second half of the movie, which I I don't know whether it was or not. Like, maybe yes, maybe no. Um, but I am inclined to think that it's more likely to be to get rid of her and get rid of this yeah. complaint so that she can get her tenure. I think otherwise, to count on her committing suicide and that leading to her getting tenure yeah, because they need a black diabolical. face like to counteract any accusations that it's a racist institution or we're like oh they'll mm-hmm. have to give me tenure because i'm black i think that's like too risky because it's like yeah. really depending on that outcome that may or may not happen that she doesn't really have control over well but maybe she leave, me as somebody wants a person she, she, to maybe die. she did have all the control maybe she was the one that was writing the you know leave on the door and her scratching her face she out and... but not control over whether she gets tenure is what i mean you no, know what she i'm saying have control over that stuff it, yeah it seems so it just seems so man like like obvious that she would go in there and give a speech about you know, we need to we need to take care of this problem right now of racism and bigotry at our school. And all of a sudden she got it. True. And then she's like pushing Jasmine. Yeah. But it just seems too diabolical to me. Like there's not enough in the film that shows that either. Yeah. And it's I, like I, Gail's yeah. even in the same position a little bit, like even during that table uh, moment where they're deciding whether Liv gets tenure. Mm-hmm. She's kind of coerced for a moment there to speak ill of her friend or try and drag anything out that she knows right, of her. exactly what does she do she mentions the complaint which they weren't aware of yet mm-hmm. um you know and she's you know because she's with all these people of power in in her field you know mm-hmm. and then the one random asian guy so the kind of interactions that gail has with her colleagues those strike me as much more true to life yeah. as in as like examples of modern like racist dynamics and bigotry than what jasmine goes goes through yeah again it seems a lot more like what goes on and get out where Mm -hmm. it's like um people are trying to create the illusion of being progressive and like open-minded and stuff but even with you know supposedly good intentions you can see these um biases underneath and these like kind of um what's the word i need um I don't know, but these these like assu- like assumptions being made and to- mm-hmm. a lot of tokenism at play. Um, I think Gail is 
the victim of like a lot of tokenism and it's like every thing that like a black character does in the movie has to be called out for being done by a black person the way that you would not do that for a white person yeah and so it's like it's this kind of lingering thing that like you just want to be a person and do your job and like be praised for doing a good job but it's like other people keep forcing this thing on you like when she's writing her speech for the upcoming thing and she's on the who's she on the phone with by the way when i don't she, know i think it was that that uh dark-haired woman um she she's like the main person i guess or she's the dean like or diandra or something was like it her? That, or whatever i, I, anyway, I think that right? was her okay well that would make sense because i feel like she's one of the like guiltiest ones of some of yeah, those she types of like at the party brian's like oh you know, you got the new position and I can see like you're up and coming at some point. I could see you be being president, meaning of the school. Right. And then that lady says, like, should we start calling you Barack? You Dude, know? that was just I was one of those like so cringy. It's so awkward. Uh, my stomach just went yeah. nuts. Yeah, I, I even wrote really? I wrote cringe level 1000. <laughs> no. But like when she's on the phone with her, if that's who she's on the phone with and she's like dictating her speech or reading her speech and she's and at some really awkward moment, she's like uh, of color. And it's like mm-hmm. trying to get her to add that. Yeah, like in. you need it's to like, play up on that. Yeah, but it's like it didn't really fit. That she's just a successful woman yeah. in this yeah. field in general. Yeah. Successful person, period. Like, yeah. Yeah. So there's tokenism that goes along with being female, too. Yeah. And I feel it's like, like this film plays on that as well. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. So it, my point is that I feel like those kinds of interactions are much more in line with things I've experienced and like things that I hear a lot about with other friends and acquaintances and things like that. And again, like if, if anybody has had experiences like what Jasmine goes through in the story, then like, please discount what I'm saying. I'm just saying in general, that seems to be less of the kinds of like racist experiences like that, that, that people would have than or even what, email what us Gail, and let us know what like, maybe something that you might yeah, have. Yeah, like, like if I'm wrong, please tell me so. Yeah, I'm, I'm just absolutely. going on personal experience and, and what I know of others. But um, I, I just think that in almost every way, Gail's story is more believable and told in a more successful way. It's the story I gravitated towards the most. Although I do like the actress who plays Jasmine. I felt yeah. I mm-hmm. definitely gravitated towards her just because she's so likable. And I just was like really didn't like seeing her have to deal with this stuff. Like she just wants to go to school and do well. There's like the, the scene with the lunch lady. How do you, how do you see that as like the, we see the lunch lady, uh, Jasmine's coming up the line and we see the lunch lady and it's like, I don't know, sort of baffled me a little bit. Like she's just being very nice to all the students, which are all white, mind you mm-hmm. at that moment. She's like, Hey honey, how you doing? How's your day? Blah, blah. Then she gets to Jasmine and she just gives her this fucking cold stare and she just shuts down. I have a and theory about that. There's this like moment of animosity between them because of the lunch lady. And I was wondering, I don't know, was she, like she's putting on an act with the white students. And then when Jasmine, does she resent Jasmine? Yeah. So can I, share my, can I share yeah. my theory about that? Absolutely. Um, so I, I thought about that moment too. And I think what might be going on there. Well, so I was kind of reminded of something James said when he was um, guesting on our Get Out episode, and he was talking about black men who date white women mm-hmm. and how black women will often see that as like a betrayal. Yeah, or a threat. Um, yeah, a, th- a threat or like a betrayal. Like, oh, you're you're leaving. Yeah. you know your own women. Like, you know, and like it's like a bet- a betrayal. Um, 
And so I almost wonder if like the lady at the cafeteria sees Jasmine like within this echelon, this like upper echelon, like upper socioeconomic, like yeah. hyper privileged academic environment. And it feels like a betrayal. Like you're leaving your own kind behind and you're trying to be one of them. Yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think the answer is yes. I think it might be like a resentment issue. And I feel like that is sort of confirmed for me by the moment when Liv says to Gail, like Gail goes to Liv's house to kind of like wind down and regroup and catch a breath after like this get together with her colleagues. And mm -hmm. she's like, oh, and the woman's like, yeah, I know. I mean, saying. yes, you you feel like a house N word, right? Yeah. And she's like, "How do you know?" And they they talk about it, and so I feel like what's kind of going on there is like this lady working in the cafeteria is kind of putting on this act, you know, with the white students, and she mm -hmm. kind of is occupying this role of kind of being like in that position where you have to like suck up to the white people, yeah. but you're you're really still a servant. Um, and then so to be in that dynamic and then a black student walks by like somebody of your own race and is part of that like almost opposing like side to you. I, I imagine that that, that 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 character is feeling like betrayed and resentful at that yeah, moment. That's the way it seemed with me. Um, that, that's how I read it. Yeah, see, um, being like she's a service worker, you know, what I mean, she's serving these kids every day. Right. Right. And then she sees this student who's like, "Oh, you think you're you think you're better than me or something? Maybe, yeah. maybe, yeah." What was Tyler's point? What what was the point of his character? Uh, I, I I honestly want to know. I mean, he didn't seem like a terrible dude unless he was one of the guys that was trying to. I don't assault, think so. Um, I think he just kissed her because he was. I think he was into her, so but he I. wasn't into. But he's sort of you know he's this college dude who just doesn't. He's not. I don't know, he's not being committed to any one woman, which is, you know, fucked up, but I don't know. I kind of feel like he was partaking in this like subtle um It was no like prank that they set up, so I didn't feel like he was trying to get her in a position to I don't know. No, well, he... no, it wasn't like a carry situation, but I I do feel like it, at the especially in that first gathering in the dorm room, like when they first meet oh, um, sorry. Jasmine, there's like this I don't know. There's just this vague sense of like mocking or or a little there bit is. of looking down. They were trying on her to guess her that name. I thought he was. Douchy. Yeah, but they're like all guessing her name by being, yeah, by Beyonce. Famous. And somebody said women. Lizzo, like, and I was just they, like, they said, yeah, she's a God, she's dude. A, and they said um, Serena. Like, oh Serena. yeah, they're one of the like, Williams sisters, and, and I you know, just like, and Jasmine plays along because she's in a room full of white people and, and it's her room, which they're literally sitting on her fucking bed. Like, yeah. However, right after life. that, yeah. Tyler comes right up to her, offers a puff off a joint and yeah. he says, hello, my name's Tyler. I think he was generally a little bit interested in her, but that doesn't make him like a good guy necessarily. Yeah. But we well, he was the one who tries to fool her with that story. He's like, which I feel like there was some truth to that story as well, though. You know what I mean? Like it's a little. There's a little bit of both and in, involved with that. We mm -hmm. got a little, a little bit of the exposition of what's going on with the witch story, mm -hmm. because some of that stuff does come. That comes true in her story. Like three thirty three happens, but she also sleepwalks. 
So are we led to believe that like that wasn't happening and it was just her sleepwalking or is it a mix of the two? Cause... Or is it just psychological? Is she like yeah. under so much pressure and exactly. torment? That, you know, I mean, it's just... I would have preferred that actually if that was the case and like the witch thing wasn't, it was just a hoax, you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, her mind yeah. let it, she, yeah, she went down that rabbit hole because of her stresses. Yeah. Like, in and dealing like with it all just of... got to her. Yeah. So the thing is, I actually think that Jasmine's story could have been really good. Like, I think that the the like kernel of the story is actually really good. But like I said, I think the execution of it is just like a unbelievable and b totally ham fisted. Mm-hmm. But I think that there could have been a very interesting story here, like a parallel story to what Gail is going through as a master. But a story, a story of Jasmine navigating this world as a black student. Yeah. But not as like the only black student. Yeah, I know. Like, and I, I, I like that. I like that she's doing this investigation work too. It reminded me of last night in Soho a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like when she's like going when she has free time. I, I have a question too. Are libraries at colleges open till three thirty a.m.? Is that a thing? Let me see. Because of crunch or like. Well, during that finals, during finals, I. Late. I almost think they're open 24-7, that the really? library okay. was open 24-7 during finals. By the way, that Primal Scream thing, we did that every semester. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was cool. real. Uh, yeah, but it was it was midnight on the first day of finals. It wasn't the total end okay. of the semester. It was the first night, midnight right before finals start, and everybody would just scream their lungs out. There may or may not have been some streaking. Okay. We're but streaking. That was a thing. Like Frank the Tank. Hi, Jacqueline. (laughs) I take the fifth. So I do like streaking. Come on, everybody. (laughs) I do like Jasmine's character. Like, like I said, like seeing her, like if we, we didn't even really get to see her in class. You know what I mean? Like see a couple moments of her, like going through class, studying a little bit. Like there was no real school stuff that that we got to really even see of her blending in and like. Like just the Hawthorne. Making friends. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, and sorry, go ahead. No, it's um, I just like I did like the fact that she was doing some investigation work on. I kind of lost my point a little bit, but I was um, I don't know. It's just I feel like they dropped the ball with her character. Oh, that yeah. So she's being enticed by this witch, possibly. Uh, but uh, there's also outside sources that like the the marking on the door and which is super fucking deep in the wood. Like somebody would have heard that scratching. You can't just make a mark like that, and it doesn't take five minutes. Like that was deep. You have mm-hmm. to carve away to make yep. a mark that deep. Anyway, I don't want to get on construction stuff like I normally do, but um, <laughs> that just bothered me. It took me out of it. But I yeah, wonder if okay. somebody had all their tools in a trash bag. Yeah, they definitely did. Oh, yeah. nice callback, Jacqueline. Bag. So nice. they they did that. Fine. They're trying to scare her away. Okay. But then when she goes to the hospital, she falls out of the, the window. Okay, that's even fine. There, there was a moment of just like, it looked silly though, the way she like fell out. Like, oh my God. But <laughs> I do like the idea of like her being scared enough to fall out the window. Yeah. Uh, like it's getting to her. You know what I mean? She's yeah. starting to crack. That's fine. But the fact, I never felt like she was bombarded enough with this or taken over by the possession of the witch or anything like that for the fact that she would come home that one night from the hospital and be like, oh, I know what to do and just kill herself. Like it just took me out of it yeah. even the first time. Yeah. I it was totally just like agree. a set piece. So Regina could, I mean, uh, fucking Regina. I'm just going to call her Regina. That's fine. <laughs> so Gail, whatever, she could walk in on it. You know what so, I mean? And 
when yeah, when Jasmine was in the hospital, she had that interaction with the older lady that had yeah. the head. Yeah, that was the mother of Suspiria. Um, uh, what? No, it was like a oh, silhouette like, through the, the, the cloak. It was like an old woman, like <gasps> breathing a little funny. Yeah, but she was like chasing her, and she said, "You don't, you can't touch me. This is my house." But you she know? was a racist so old lady. What the fuck was yeah. the purpose of that lady? I don't being know. I don't know. Was the point? Just it wasn't like, even oh, the witch. People. It was like a real woman. Yeah, and, a woman and, that like, had it a wasn't the mother. Like it could have been Esther or something. Like if Esther had an accident, yeah. but it was like a totally unconnected character. I was waiting for her to pull the sheet back, and nobody was there. Or yes. the sheet. She didn't walk up to the sheet, and you see like that evil hand of the witch come around yeah. the sheet and start to pull it away or whatever. It's like I don't know what the point of the like. What are we supposed to take from that? Like people are racist. Like okay. And what did that one moment do that made her go home and just kill herself? Like. There was no oh, one aha moment with her character it was like, oh, it all connects now. You know, and there was no cohesion between that story. If you're going to give me a three story arc where it's like Gail's doing this and Liv's doing this and and Jasmine's doing this, then give me that one moment that connects all those threads where it's like dun, dun, dun. And then this is what's going on. The major threat is the masters and this is their diabolical scheme or like, I don't know. It just... This theme, there's too many themes in this movie. It's trying too many things. So what they did I think it should is have been they, three separate movies. Yeah, they, you're they, right. I would have the Regina Hall movie was like great, and then yep. Jasmine goes and to school and deals with great. a witch myth and possible just kids being racist to her instead, and it's not yes. real. That's yes. a fucking interesting story. Yes, and then. And- Liv oh, has a white woman pretending to be black or whatever. Like, I don't know. There's like, no answers or even like enough exploration of the questions in Liv's okay. story. It's yeah. just like thrown in there. And the I'm Puritans sorry, are purely there. Let's see what I did there. The Puritans are purely there to set up the story for Liz. They have a funeral or something. And there's an attachment to them and the witch. Yeah, they're like How is descendants. The, well, the descendants was, of the yeah, original the settlers of the original settlers from like the, the 17th, came from. 17th century. You know, okay. and the witch's headstone I, 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 we see as as Gail's uh, jogging by. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, don't worry. I'm there. Were, uh, there were details here and there that I missed too. But yeah, they're descendants of the original inhabitants of the town. So they and they still. I, I guess it's supposed to be like an Amish type. They're not Amish, but like an Amish type of situation where it's like they adhere to like the lifestyle of what yeah. it was like back then. No like, electricity. No. Know anything? I'm right? guessing, yeah. Like, and there was that. So, moment- why would she? How would she have a picture of her child? <laughs> Excellent point. Maybe that wasn't a picture. Maybe that was a stone tablet. And oh, it could have been. Yeah, look, yeah, look a little flimsy. That was a wood like- carving. It just looked so good. They painted so it, it, and it looked like a photo. So realistic. Yes, they did a great <laughs> job with that. By they the way, they used a Paco jet. <laughs> a Paco jet. Nice callback. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, I don't know. Um, well, are there any other major things you guys want to get into, or should we start with our reviews? Let me just scroll real quick. Uh, I'll say the very ending. I mean, if that brings anything up for any of you guys, is that she just, I did like her little monologue, Gail's, where she's figuring everything out. But then again, it's just, it, it was almost comical the way somebody would walk. You, she would focus on somebody. She'd walk away from the painting. Oh, it's that guy. Oh, the painting. He's, yeah, the guys. The guys are playing cards, right? I did like, and the... it's a picture of those guys. And then 
dipshit guy gets up and it's a Brian, picture of him yeah. or his his freaking his uncle with, with the, the mustache. With the and mustache. you're just like the, the one that really fine. was like she gets up, she leaves. Good. Done. The old guy that she saw in the very beginning, like his style of dress literally looked like the same guy from the painting. He had one of those old fashioned ties yep. that people don't wear. Who wears those? Like even hoity toy white dudes don't wear that shit. If anything, it would have been a bow tie in 2023 at a at a you know a school like this uh the paintings though i do want to you touched on those i do think there was a nice the, i did like a lot of the the work that they did with the paintings as far as like the harakus I, I wish there was more of it like the stuff in regina's house was was cool the painting that jasmine looks at right before or right after her interaction with the cafeteria woman Mm -hmm. She sees that painting in the far distance and it's a white guy. It's one of the guys who, you know, one of the older masters. And then for a moment, he looks skeletal half his face. Yeah. And his jaw is like, well, that was cool. So his jaw looked awesome. Mm -hmm. And then it disappears. Uh, there's the moment with the moth and the maggots coming out of what's her name's painting. Uh, uh, Gail's. Mm -hmm. I so, I so want to call her Regina. <laughs> it's okay. I don't know why we can't get anybody's name right in the. I know. Um, so like Gail, yeah, you see that painting that she had painted. Um, you know, every master has their own painting done. Um, and then there's the painting at the end. I think there was one more nod towards paintings at another moment too later on in the film. But I thought those were cool moments that, um, ex you know, express some of the the horror elements of the film. Um, but like we said, it's the film just doesn't lean in enough <laughs> in one area. It kind of bobs and weaves a, a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's also, it's to a detriment. It's a detriment to the film, in my opinion. I completely agree with you. Yeah, the, fact, the frat party scene, too, I thought was pretty well done. You know, she gets, um, they, they oh, don't the run at first, right? And then when she gets in with her friends, there's that startling scene of, like, just the red. It's more red, John. The yeah. lights are red. Um, and the music they play a rap song. Yeah, she's having fun. Yeah. But then they play that really like crunk sort of like trap music rap song. And like she's just surrounded by a bunch of white guys screaming like screaming the N word. The N -word. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. part of the lyrics, granted, but like they don't have the right to be just saying that, especially, yeah. you know, and like their faces look distorted for a moment and like they're in her face, which they're probably not. But that's how it right. seems. To her, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in the moment, seemed very claustrophobic because she's yeah. a, she seemed like she was that's a why she gets girl, out of it and gets some kind of hovering over, and then yeah. she talks to Tyler. So, and yeah, makes out with Tyler. And I did like the nightmare sequence too, where she's like, You don't know it's a nightmare at first, but there is the red lighting. Um, mm -hmm. and then she's almost trying to get past the little tour. And it's like, it's believable to have a tour, you know, people do tour these schools at moments. I don't feel like they do it the first semester, but maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and then like she's just trying to get past, but then you see that guy with that weird face, yep. who almost looks like a burn victim or something. Mm -hmm. He looks odd. And then as we get to the the room, we get to see that she's sleeping, and they're like, "What's this?" And like, "Oh, this is a, a black student. She's sleeping." <laughs> yeah. And then she's like trying to get through, and we see the witch. And I do like that they're like, "Oh, that's what's to come," and which was one yes. of the titles yeah. of the chapter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm curious. Before we rate it, would you guys yeah. watch this again? I have today, but that was because of this. Are you going to give it part of your I, review? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Maybe someday. Maybe someday I would. Um, but not in the near future. No. Same. 
It's it's I, not. I don't have a strong urge like, ooh, I gotta watch that again. Mm-mm. I think if it had more of the depth that we are talking about it not having, there would be more reason for me to go in and pick more things out of it, right? And like and get out viewings. Yeah. Yes, repeat yeah. viewings would be like, oh shit, I didn't pick up on that the first time. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you get a lot time, of that. I picked up on the jacket. Okay. I didn't notice the cloak the first time. Okay. Yeah, even though they do kind of just show it. But they show it for a moment. She pulls it up and then I'm like, oh, shit, that's the cloak from the witch, you know? So I started thinking, well, what if she was the lady out there the whole time? But I don't know. The film's just. It's a good first try, I feel like. for I agree. So, John, here's here's a better answer to to your question. I don't see myself rewatching this in the near future, but I will happily watch whatever she makes next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would Same. recommend this. Yeah, I, it wouldn't be top really of like my list. Movie. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people really like this movie. Um, so I'm not, I, I'm not going to say it's a bad movie. I just, I think that there are problems with it that made it. I also much less enjoyable do, for me. I do have one really major critique. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't really like the last frame of the film. Like, I get what it's saying, but it feels like super forced for me. With Gail all the, is approached like, by all the, the security. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gail is approached by the security. That I get what they're saying there, the message of like, oh, well, there's a, you hear it on the radio, like there's a suspicious woman she doesn't belong. walking around. Yeah, whatever. Um, and she hasn't decided to give up her her position yet. She hasn't told anybody that. Um, and I get the symbolism there. Like, I totally understand. Just like James had said on our podcast about how he's a lawyer and he got checked for ID. At the uh, courthouse. You know, yeah. And they assumed he was like a guy waiting for his his lawyer himself. when yeah. he is. Like, I get that. Um, and that that's perfectly fine. But then she walks out of frame. She walks out and she's considered herself part of the help at this moment. And she's decided to quit her job. She says she doesn't work here anymore. And he says the exits that way. And mm-hmm. then, like you said. All of a sudden, in the next scene, there's five groundskeeper, all black, that just uh, miraculously just appear out of nowhere and start walking into frame. And there's so many of them at once. There's literally a guy I watched. There's a moment where they they show a tree and next to the tree, there's nobody there. They show her for a moment, talking to security guard. Next scene, the guy's just there raking all of a sudden. And then the other guys just come into frame and it just feels so forced. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, she's part of the help. They're the help. They're all black. But I got it when when she had her interaction with the security guard. That was enough, I felt like. And then her Mm -hmm. dialogue of like, "Um, yeah, I don't I don't belong here. Like, I'm leaving. I, you know, she leaves on her own accord. I just I felt your, like oh, sorry. imagery felt forced to me. I, I get your frustration with that. That part didn't really bother me. I guess at that moment, I interpreted it almost as like a surreal kind of like theatrical moment, like almost like a choreographed dance that they all I kind guess. of like merge like. into the felt- scene. Like I didn't take it as like a, a literal, I didn't really take it literally. I guess. It was like I was seeing the moment where like, someone was like, all right, now walk in the scene. You know what I mean? Like it just felt, yeah. it felt forced. It's sort of like you were, you were making a, a, I don't know. You were, you were, you were saying a statement right there. And then I felt like I got lost in that because I just noticed all these people randomly walking into scene. Like it just so felt it's just trying. It felt you set up. She was trying to do is emphasize the point on that scene. Yeah, exactly. It. Where I, f- I feel like you didn't really need to. I felt like you kind of did it elegantly with the interaction with the security guard. You could have had a couple groundskeeper, but the fact that like I literally noticed like four of them walk in the scene out of the blue. They weren't even there, and it's nighttime too. It's like what are they doing? 
I don't know. It just felt uh, I did like the music cue that came in after that. Um, there was like some jazz music that came in. Mm-hmm. And overall, like I thought I I just thought it could have been a much more powerful ending. Um, and it, it just kind of speaks on what the rest of the film does. It kind of fumbles a little bit. It's like it has good intentions. The ideas of the ending were fantastic, but I think you kept saying it is the execution just wasn't there. And I, I yeah. think you said the same thing, Jacqueline, is that that it was the ideas that the, the kernel, that that little speck of gold that you could have turned into a bar, you know, just didn't happen. That freaked me out when Heidelberg got up. <laughs> His background. I went, whoa, hey. His background, for those of you listening, uh, Hydroberg's background is always a still shot from the movie. And so he just got up for a second, but there's Regina Hall sitting there in his place. Let's <laughs> get a shot of her. So, all right. Well, good points all around, you guys. Um, I don't know that I feel any more illuminated about anything, but at least I feel like you guys share in my, like the same critiques that I have of the movie. So it makes me feel a little bit more like validated. So, so. So since uh, since this was your pick, Jacqueline, uh, mm-hmm. how are you going to rate this bad boy? Um, I'm going to go through my notes and just kind of like throw in a few comments that I that I didn't quite get to. But um, so first off, the title, I feel like the title "Master" almost automatically evokes its counterpart of "Slave" for mm-hmm. me, um, and I feel like that definitely does connect obviously to gail's story you know especially she really ties that together at the end when she's like i'm not the master i'm the maid and you hired me to clean up this mess Mm -hmm. um and i do feel like it connects to jasmine's as well maybe to a lesser degree or to a less clear degree but i feel like it does connect there does it connect to live stories i don't know because i really don't know what we're supposed to take from live story again i don't mind some ambiguity but I feel like in this case, the ambiguity is too much. Like if you're if you're a filmmaker and you're going to have um, some major plot point like unresolved, if you know deliberately to to leave it ambiguous in the viewers' minds, then I feel like you have to be okay as a filmmaker with people interpreting it either way. Um, and in this case, I just feel like the the meaning would be so significantly altered depending on what the truth is of Liv's story, that I'm not entirely sure that the filmmaker is okay with that. So maybe I was too dumb to pick up on what the intention was, but to me, it seems like 50-50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so so that, all that to say, I don't know whether, like, I don't know how the title connects to Liv's story, I guess. Um, I think regarding Liv, like, if you interpret it as that like she really is a white woman putting on this facade of being a black woman and like to the point that she's living her whole life this way and has like changed her appearance and like I mean she's like completely transformed her whole life then it's like she's using blackness as a disguise um, which is like in a sense like victimizing black people just the same way that Gail and Jasmine are victimized in different ways in this movie um but in, if that's the case with live then i feel like that is a victimization it's like taking something from people and putting it on to give herself an advantage, advantage. Yep. an advantage exactly uh when i definitely get the sense that at least compared to gail like she, as an academic she's mediocre you know she hasn't published much she 
um, has this conflict with the student that seems inappropriate at best. Um, He's being very pretentious. Yeah, Gail well, or Liv? Like, like her assignment. Like Liv. To- oh, okay, you said Gail. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, so... Uh, I kind of lost my train of thought, but anyway, so she's putting that on. Oh, it's her mediocrity. Yeah. Um, you know, she has this conflict with the student. She hasn't published much when they're questioning her about the issue with the student. She kind of sputters for a minute and then she totally changes tactics. And it's like, well, you should be focusing Mm -hmm. on what's going on on this campus and this institution's history of racism instead of questioning me about a student. And it's like, well, you you can do both things <laughs> like one they're not mutually exclusive and this particular group of people is not in charge of like investigating crimes on the campus like their job is to decide whether you get tenure so it's like you know the dollars don't all come from the same budget like it's sure. two different things so um and if she's really black then i don't know maybe her story is more like gail's like a woman struggling to like succeed in this um, very elitist world, this very disproportionately white world, this world that probably is like tokenizing her and stuff. So, but she, so her story would be more similar to Gail's, but she herself would not be of the same caliber of academic that Gail is. Um, and she would also be like used as a black prop in the wake of Jasmine's, all the harassment that Jasmine goes through and her suicide. So either way I could see, but I feel like it changes the meaning significantly, you know, like of like how we view her as a character. Like, is she a monster? Um, Is she a monster? Like in the way of like appropriating blackness, blackness, like, um, or is she like literally a monster and that she's like terrorizing and driving a young girl to suicide? Like, we don't know. Or is she or is she herself like a victim? I don't know. Um I think the most interesting story is Gail's story. Um, she's used as a token. You know, I think she her speech at that one point where she declares to her colleagues, like, I'm not a master, like I am the maid. And she like recognizes the position that they are like putting her in. Um, and she's being haunted by the real history of what took place. Um in this college and how black people were treated. So of course that manifests as, Oh, like the cookie jar. I actually found that moment to be very oh, yeah. upsetting. Um, very upsetting. That, that was offensive. Oh my God. They, they, yeah. they own it. They, they kept it hidden, right? Like it wasn't out on the counter. It, was, it wasn't that it was, hidden though. It was right next to the paper towels. I know you think that's a cookie jar that they normally have out on the counter, except when guests are there. Like I didn't see it that way. I didn't see it that way. I saw it as like a thing that's been it's a thing that's been put away and like nobody's seen it for a while. It's just like kind of there, like in the back of your cabinet. I like racism in our country, it's still there. And it's it's, still there. You know, we put it we put it away, we put it in the cupboard, but it's it's never dealt with, right? It's still there. Yeah. And so that's why I think that's like such an effective metaphor for being haunted by this history. Like it Mm -hmm. never really goes away. And her acting in that moment, I thought was so good. Like her reaction to it, it was like horrified, but it wasn't over the top. It was like, like, I can't, it's like, I can't believe that I just saw this thing. Like, I can't believe this is here. Like, I just can't believe that it still exists in this house in this year. Like why? Um, But it's like this, this very believable horror that she reacts with. 
Um, the old photos of like the white academics, but like seeing the servants in the kitchen, um, you know, seeing people of her own race, like totally marginalized and kind of hidden away in the shadows. Like they're still there. You see them like recorded in history, but you very clearly see the role that they were in mm-hmm. and how that still survives. Um, the servants quarters with the bells, the maggots, like it's like the whole place is rotten from the inside. Um, so I thought that was very good. I already complained about Jasmine's story and how I don't find it believable. But again, I think that there could be a very good story here told about the real kinds of um, bigotry that a black student goes through even in this day and age in an elite liberal arts college. Like, I think there is a story there. It's just not the story we got. Um, and I think it could have been done more artfully. Like, so I think that Gail's story was done more subtly and Mm -hmm. artfully jasmine's was like too ham-fisted um so let's see so yeah liv's story to me is a head scratcher but it is interesting so again i feel like there could have been something really explored deeply there but smashed together with all this stuff i think Hyderberg, I think you said it, it just jumps around too much. Like there's too much going on in this one movie. I think if it had been a separate story, like its own movie, I think you could have explored questions of like cultural appropriation or about if she is black, black resentment towards other black people or like like a kind of rivalry or targeting people or not wanting to seem like you're giving preferential treatment. I don't know. Affirmative action. I feel like there's all kinds of things that could have been explored there. Um, but I feel like it kind of deserved to be its own story. Um, like if this was an anthology with the mm-hmm. main focus on being, you know, the master, the the master focus is, you know, this systemic racism. That would have been an interesting take to do a mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. film of that nature. Yeah. And then have like these you could separate have a... stories. Yeah. Connected, but and like in Liv's story, you could have explored um the relationship with her mother quite a bit mm-hmm. and the truth yeah. of her paternity and if her father is a black man, what happened with her mother in that situation? Like, was this a consensual relationship? Was it not a consensual Mm -hmm. sexual encounter? What's the mother's religious, like what, what kind of like religious training is she steeped in? A Puritan, I guess. Um, And like, how does this influence her her upbringing and what happened with her break from the family and all that? I think that could have been very interesting, but it's too much to cram in with everything else going on in this movie. I still don't know what the fuck happened with Amelia in the woods. Um, One thing that I think the movie does well is to illustrate the point that Liv makes to Jasmine when they're discussing her paper. And Liv says, white isn't always the default, Jasmine. And so I think that's illustrated really well in this movie in the way that like anything the black characters do, it has to be tokenized and pointed out as like, oh, you know, good for you. Like you did this thing, you know, Oh, your parents must be so proud. This party needs more flavor. Add a color to your speech. Like it's just, it goes on and on and on. It's like everything. Um, I pretty much already said everything I have to say about, uh, the different levels of like clarity with each of the stories and what the filmmaker appears to be trying to say. Again, I feel like it's a Goldilocks situation. I think, Jasmine's story like goes too far. I think Liv's story goes not far enough. I think Gail's story is just right. She's the Goldilocks. <laughs> um, That's a good way to put it. 
Yeah. I do like that analogy a lot. Yeah. Thank you. It fits perfect. So I feel like I feel like the filmmaker was trying to communicate something on the same level as like get out, but I don't think she really had the same level of skill to be able to pull it off. And I think it 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 starts with like the writing and the way the story is organized and the way that it's written. I do think the acting is really good. Like pretty much everybody. Um especially I think Regina Hall. Like to me, she was the main draw of the film. I identified with her character the most. I felt like she was our protagonist, even though we really have, I wouldn't call Liz a protagonist. I'm sorry, Liv a protagonist. I feel like her story was a little bit secondary to the other two, but we don't spend much time alone with Liv, if any. But we do yeah. spend a lot of time alone with Jasmine and a lot and alone with Gail. And so I feel like we kind of follow those characters more and identify with them more. Liv, not so much, but nonetheless, um, I think Regina Hall's performance was especially good um jasmine also i think was very good uh overall i i there it sucks because there's there's stuff there's like the the raw material here i think is good Mm -hmm. but i think the execution is just inconsistent inconsistent uh it feels like a disjointed overstuffed mess so unfortunately i think i am going to come down just shy of center and i'm going to say 4.5 out of 10 diversity videos. (laughs) So that's, that's, that's where I come in. Hmm. What about you, John? I won't go too long because I know, I know Hydroberg's got some, uh, quite a few notes, a lot more than I have. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to echo what you just said. I thought the acting was spectacular. I thought uh, Regina Hall nailed it. The actress that played Jasmine nailed it. I do want to bring up, live one more time okay Okay. so uh we're to believe that she's a mixed race which is fine but her mother has a picture of her and and it's made to believe she ran away or she got kicked out or or she was an orphan she said she was an orphan so she's lied multiple times in this movie and the mother had proof had a picture um Liv also, like, like the conversation between her and Regina Hall was, your mom said your dad is white. You're white. She goes, "It is that what she's saying now? As if she, did, she hadn't talked to her mom, but she knows, I don't know. It bothered me. I Like, the, the Goldilocks analogy is perfect. It was too soft for Liv's story. It was too hard, like too hot for Jasmine, because <laughs> there was just so much and and just everything they threw at her. I loved, I loved the way she was so innocent at the beginning, first going there. She had a smile on her face the whole time. She lost that smile when when the uh, woman working in the cafeteria just gave her that the daggers. She she just lost it. And like throughout the movie, you see her just losing her sanity because of all this stuff that is going around. She's not used to that. She's from Tacoma, Washington. She grew up in a great household and, and she, you know, always made friends. And she said that like um, Regina Hall found a, a yearbook with all these wonderful notes from her senior year. It said, you know, yeah. love you, have a good, a good time at college. And just like so many signatures from friends at, in school. So I wish it wasn't as tragic to see that. 
Um, but it also tied in really well with Gail. You know, the, the fact that she really did care for her and almost like really looking out for her more because of what she went through in her past, which is why it made that bed perfect for Gail's story. So um, I like the cinematography. I, I like the reds, uh, the the fact that you knew she was in a in a dream. Um, I like the shot selection wasn't good. It wasn't like you know, a, a smooth cut of this, the editing, I didn't really like about this movie because it was choppy. It jumped around. Um, aesthetically beautiful. I love the fact that it was like late fall, early winter, mm-hmm. seeing the snow and stuff like that. It's a beautiful I, I thought, campus, isn't it? It really is. It, it's a gorgeous campus. I love that those buildings. I didn't like what was attached to them. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought it was really jarring with the, the burning cross. The way it was shot, Good. I mean, like, just where like, did that come from? Who put that there? I I don't know, but but it was so jarring and not in a bad way. It was just it just made me go, my heart sunk again. I went, oh my god, that still happens. But the like, way I couldn't it, see kids putting that there, unless if yeah, they were I could, in the woods with Amelia. Yeah, I couldn't either. It, down trees. Yeah, I, I mean, from what I saw, it just it, in the shot of going through the fire. It was behind the fire, but you saw Jasmine just like being surrounded by it. And it was like it was beautifully shot, so I love that. Uh, I'm not going to go too much more. Um, great acting. I would absolutely recommend this movie. It's not an easy watch. It's very disjointed, but I would actually recommend it. But I'm I was sitting at a six. I'm going to keep it at a five point five out of ten diversity videos. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. All right, Hydraberg. Do you say? I say, I say, I say, I say. Oh my god! <laughs> it's Boghorn Leghorn night, apparently. Yeah. Um, I did just watch the Glass Onion recently, and and oh. character talks just like the Blanc. What's this for Benoit Blanc or something? yeah, Blanc or whatever. Yeah. Uh, good movie. Anyway, uh, this movie not as good, but <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that was that hit me funny. I know. I'm just trying to segue here. Uh, <laughs> For me, pros, uh, the acting in this is really good, like especially Regina Hall's performances, like we all we already said it. I think she's excellent in this, and it's such a treat to see her flex her talent beyond what we've known her for, like primarily this scary movie films. I know she's done a lot since then. I haven't watched her career necessarily grow. Um, I'm aware of it, though, and I just think that this film stands out for me, though. Uh, she's the standout for sure. Um but Zoe Renee as Jasmine also is fucking great. Like her character is really good. Um, we just don't get enough with her or the moments that we get with her are sort of wasted um, on. I don't know. Like, it's just I think I think some of the writing is really good. Um, I think there's very interesting moments of dialogue between characters as well. Like I never felt like the dialogue felt like, oh, like oh, overly fake or anything. Even even the even the blatant racism or this the the subtle racism, like it felt natural. Like this shit does happen. People say this shit. Some people say this shit without even thinking that they're being racist. You know, that's part of it, too, is like these liberals that don't they, you know, people that are like, oh, you know, I'm just. I have a black friend. Like, I'm not racist. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, like seriously, like, or like when you're in a conversation with a black per- a person of color and you automatically st- steer the conversation to things of, of color, like, because that's what you think they want to talk about. Like they're normal people and they just want to talk to you about whatever, like, 
you don't have to mention whatever you think they want to talk about or whatever associates you with them. Like, oh, I'm I'm cool. I'm with it. You know? <laughs> um, and you do see that a lot in this film. And I, I appreciate it. I feel like it's genuine. Um, but there isn't there isn't a there's an uneasy sense of dread also throughout the entire film that I do like. It keeps you guessing kind of what's going on and what's going to happen next. But part of that's also the the writing, um, the writing. The writing isn't it's inconsistent. So there are moments where like we're wondering what's going next, because as as a viewer, like we don't know, because these characters were given three main characters, um, two really main. Right. And some of their stories are fleshed out further than others. And it's it feels like it's an unfinished script or like we've said, like they could have they you, you could have created several films based on these characters and. We could have had a Regina Hall movie. We could have had a live movie and we could have had a movie based on Jasmine's character or a, an anthology that combined them all with a reach around. <laughs> that, ah. that ties it all in very nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, so like for me, the plot just gets sloppy, especially at the end. Like it just it just all falls apart. Um, I don't know. It just. It just it sort of falls apart. Uh, there are there's just too many threads to pull at the very end that just don't add up to me. Um, Liv's questionable heritage, the haunting of the master's house, the tale of the witch, and all that Jasmine goes through, plus the possible theory of the masters maybe being immortal. Like I don't know, that's just like a fan theory. I honestly don't feel like any of these plot points just like they don't gel well enough. You know, there's so many moving parts in this movie. When you get into it, like it doesn't start out that way. It starts out like, all right, we're blending things very easily. And then it just sort of just gets abruptly. I don't know. Too confusing. Uh, I do that. They do Jasmine's character a disservice. Like they kind of write her off. They they start to develop her story and the intrigue of like, like there's a mystery here. And like she's the one that's kind of figuring it out. I love that. Maybe if she had talked to Regina Hall's character a little bit more and they had combined notes a little bit like, oh, I'm dealing with some stuff here in the house. Oh, and they they started talking. There could have been a couple moments with them where I don't know, like they could have started to figure out what's going on. The bigger mystery of the whole campus. Um, It just doesn't work, though. Like that's not there. Liv's questionable heritage is just weird to me. Like it just I'm okay with that story. But it just doesn't work. It, it takes away from the main story that I want to see in this film is, which is, which is Gail's story and Jasmine's story. If you focus on those two and cut out Liv's story or develop Liv's story better, at least, I don't know. Like I don't see the point in Liv's character, to be honest. Um, like you leave it up to us to figure out whether she's white or black. Tell me, is she black? If she's a white woman pretending to be black, then that services the story because that speaks on the you know she's a white woman appropriating black hair like culture to somehow benefit herself which i don't see why you would see that as a benefit though because like black people obviously they don't have the benefit in this world they you know but there are white people who think that they do yeah they do or there's white people that are just so fucking mundane that they just want to like spice up their life like you said flavor and they think like well if people think i'm black then that'll add some like mystique to me or like i can you know, they just like they're weirdos who just want to. What are you gonna say? Yeah, sometimes I think it's also like a white guilt thing, 
That like, might be I'm true. So yeah, too. Like I'm so ashamed of what my race has done that I don't I don't want to be that race. I want to like yeah. put on yeah. something right. else. I want to be like Which is worse though. You're actually yeah. cuz you're not accepting your white guilt. You're appropriating somebody else's culture now. You're not having and, the conversation. <laughs> and putting it yeah. on like a costume and not like yeah. accepting and, responsibility. And then now you're pointing the finger at other people, which is like, you're fucking white. And then <laughs> the moments where Liv's character just like, her her dialogue just like pops all of a sudden when it sounds like a white woman trying to sound black. And it's just like, it makes me think that she just is a white woman. But the story doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't, there's a moment where it's like, oh, well, maybe she is black. Who knows? Like, I don't know. I think, it should have went through a rewrite there and someone should have been like listen just make Liv's character a white woman appropriating black culture and like she's one you know she's a victim in a sense but also a a perpetrator you know and that's fine Mm -hmm. uh she can have those dynamics i just wish everything just just i don't know it's just i just wish it was more focused and i just wish jasmine's character was more developed too because i really her coming home and just committing suicide that was the moment in this film that I I remember that was the one moment in this film when I watched it and when I was just like, all right, I'm done. Like I liked her character and you just fucking, she committed suicide for nothing, nothing. There was no moment that drove her there. The ghost of the witch. We don't know if it was real. It didn't really like it spooked her. Yes. But those moments came, they were inconsistent and then they were just dropped on you like one after another. Like, Oh, she's every night. She's like, you know, the ghost is touching her or whatever. And they're like, but she's also a sleepwalker. So like there's all these different threads. You, there's too many what ifs in this film. Like I, I, my final note is just like it's like a soup, right? With a lot of ingredients. And some of those ingredients are undercooked and some of them don't belong. A melange, and, if you will. A melange, <laughs> if you will. But a melange that just doesn't taste right. Right. Uh, yeah. I, take a, I, take, I take a spoonful of the soup and it just doesn't taste right to me. You yeah. know, and I and I and like John, like you said, the ingredients are there. Right. This could have been a tasty soup, mm-hmm. an impactful soup. I think the, the writer and director of this film, I get what she's trying to do and, and, and I respect it. And the message is there, but it's muddled. All right. And there's just moments of it that just get confusing. And I don't know, hopefully some people can pull more from it and, and I and more power to you if you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think there was a better film that could have. Uh, the finished product could have been a way better film up there with say like get out something that really spoke volumes and uh, would stand the test of time. And I don't think this does. I think that's why it's an Amazon release and not a theatrical release. And, you know, it's a recommendation. I would recommend this to people, but it's not the top of my list. And for that, with all that said, I'm going to give master from 2022. I'm going to give it a 6.0 out of 10 diversity videos. Okay. I came down. Uh, one full point. I had it at seven. Yeah, Hydraberg. I was, I, I was, yeah, at a six. And I you had down. it at six. I, I kind of want to keep it at six because I, there is like, I, I didn't, this is a good looking film. There's, there's good writing there. Like, there's plenty of things that also, that almost takes away from it because there's so many things that you see that are, could work. Yeah. Right. And that almost makes it worse. When there's a shitty film, you're just like, all right, it's shitty. And that's it. I, I wash my hands of it and I'm done. This hey. is a film. No, this could have been so much better. Right. Have you guys seen the Rotten Tomato score on this? I have. No, no. Is it where we are? Should we guess? Oh, yeah, oh yeah. Let's do let's let's do like straight chill. A little straight chill. Hydraberg, yeah. why don't you go first? A little homage to those guys. You uh, have it up right now, let's John? Go with, let's go with the uh the critic score. So I know that this did well at festivals, right? There was a lot of talk, like you said, Jacqueline, about this. I don't know if you want to go first. It's your pick. 
No, go ahead. It's all right. I don't know. I'm going to come in. I say it's a six. You were saying critics? Yeah. No, I'll give me a percentage. Seven. I'll say 70. 70? Hey, Jacqueline. I don't mm. know. I'm saying critics might. They okay. Might Let me think. I don't know. I feel like critics are going to be kind of on our level. I'm going to say, what did you say? 70? Yeah. I'm going to say 60. That's right. Heidelberg. Heidelberg's got it. 74. How about the audience? Wow. I'm yeah. I'm a little surprised. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I think the audience is going to be lower. I'm going 55. Okay. Jacqueline? I think the audience is going to be lower, too. Um, you said 55? Dang. I'll go 50. One dollar me? I'll go 50. Jacqueline's got it. It's 37%. Oh, Ooh, that's that's a low. major that's a major discrepancy. <laughs> no. You know what it is too? I think people I think people maybe like we said they 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 might have really thought highly of this film going in or they at the beginning they thought very highly of the material and then they felt let down at the very end where the, mm. that really affected their overall score. Yeah, cuz that's the thing. It's like what what you end with, I think, kind of like influences your overall opinion. Like if it had started sloppy, but then tightened up and made a really strong finish, I think people would recall it like with more generosity, maybe. Yeah, you're right. Um, but because it kind of just unravels by the end, I think maybe that's that's what happened with audience members. I don't, I don't that, know. That's probably why it was. Um, do we get trivia? It's new. There was really uh, almost no trivia that I one found. Small point. I, I actually did. I contacted James, too, because I just was curious. I was like, what, uh, we're reviewing this this week. What did you think of the film? He likes it a lot, but he also agreed with us on that. It does execution wise. It's it's a little sloppy. OK. All yeah. Right. Did he by any chance give you a rating or no? No, he didn't give me like no. a numbered score. But okay. he said he said he loves it. But I think, you know, I think. Just like we said, like he loves the message that it's trying to portray, mm. but that he does acknowledge that the execution is kind of sloppy. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. You know, and I, I will say, like, the more you and you guys and I have talked about it, I guess I, I do feel more convinced that Liv is really white. I think I, so. I feel like just based on what we know about the other parts of the story, I, I feel like that would just fit better with what the director's doing um you think she was scared to give a cement like concrete answer whether Liv was white and like she kind of shied away from giving you like what's the point of the ambiguity about that character? well she she almost gave Not it sure. up but she, she she said uh yeah oh that's what my mom told you or that's what she's saying yeah, and she lies well it, i took it as in like this is the this is the woman i ran away from because these are the lies that she's been telling and like, Oh, that's the lie she's telling now is that my dad was black. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't know if she strikes me as a, as a, as a white woman trying to sound black sometimes. And then sometimes she just sound, sounded like a normal, like a, a woman of color. Like, hmm. so it's so hard to tell. I guess my judgment is not really based on any of the ways that she behaves. It's really just based on what I feel like the filmmaker would be trying to like say or like somebody you gaslighting know. you totally. I mean, yeah, that, that is the theme yeah. of, the, of the film. That's the I way just, it seemed to me. So like, I feel like Gail and Jasmine are like kind of victimized in their, in their own ways. And I feel like a story about live 
putting on like putting on blackness as a costume makes her herself like a victimizer and so it's like it still sets her apart and maybe that's why we don't see her as like a protagonist like we don't spend time alone with her we're not meant to identify her like she's a perpetrator right so again i don't know that for sure they like came up together at least in the in the school yeah They, they have a friendship so I don't know for sure, but I just, I guess, you know, earlier I said, well, I think it's 50-50, you know, whether she's black or white. But now I, I, I do feel like I'm leaning more towards her being white, but I, I don't know for sure. So I don't know. But anyway, um, trivia, there, there really wasn't much, honestly, on IMDb. The mm-hmm. only a trivia point was like, this movie was filmed at such and such college. Which you already <laughs> told us. Yeah. So that's, that's really all. I do was. like that establishing shot, though. What the yeah. film does of that the college campus, and then there's this like an ominous little bit of music that kind of, and we just sit mm-hmm. on that scene for a moment, that shot, and mm-hmm. we see Regina Hall's character kind of walking around in the background, but we don't know it's her yet, and then we then we kind of zoom in on her eventually, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and even when she gets to her house, she can't get in, right? Like, it's almost like speaking on like the fact that like she doesn't even have the right fucking keys. They didn't even give her the good keys to get in the house. Mm-hmm. And then the door sort of just slides open and, and opens up for her, which is like hinting at this haunted theme to the house. That mm-hmm. Yeah, it opens on a- its own, like while she's on the does. phone with somebody yeah. about getting a locksmith yeah. or whatever. And it just opens. She's I get mixed signals from this movie. It's so confusing. I want to love it. I want. You know what? I wish we could have um, like arranged to have the filmmaker on and like just asked her stuff. I wish. Like, help I, us, like, I hate help to us tear understand. Down. Like, I feel like she put a lot into this film, though. You could tell. Yeah. Well, somebody reach out to her. I, I, I would have a conversation with her all day long. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, now I'm afraid for her to hear what I said. I don't I, like. I, I don't hate this movie. I, I don't I think either. It's just like, I think it's mainly just like disappointment and what could have been and what and didn't quite get there. Um, and it, I it read was, some of the the reviews and uh, the, a lot of them side where we do uh, mm. not all of them poo poo on it all the way some do but I feel like those people are just kind of assholes and then like the people that kind of side in the middle are like I like this film but it kind of drops the ball and then there was like one was like well this is a 10 out of 10 and if you don't understand it then you're not you're obviously not used to slow burn and you're not you know smart to get it yeah. and I was like okay bro okay <laughs> no, I kind of agree with Jacqueline. Just like your opinion, man. It's a drama. Yeah. It's more of a drama. Yeah, I feel like it functions more as a drama. Like there's horror in it, but I feel like the real horror of it is like what they're going through in their lives, and that, but that like those horrific things still play like you know dramatic events to me, right? More than like ah. Yeah. So. Anyway, well, I think that was a good discussion, guys. I don't feel mm-hmm. like I really have too many more answers than I did before, but I, you know, I enjoyed the conversation, and I, it, again, it feels kind of validating that it's like I wasn't the only one who felt like this got messy. So, yeah. So you just never know. I'm glad I picked it. I'm glad it it gave me a reason to watch it because I'd been curious, and you know, it was just one of those things you get interrupted and you kind of forget to go revisit it. So. I was super curious where you were going to come in too, because like you mentioned, like, yeah, you're not, you're not a black woman, but you are a woman of color and you went to college. You went to this specific college or (laughs) the the college that they use a setting for. Mm -hmm. And you could have, you know, butt up against some of these issues as a woman coming up, you know, you're an intelligent woman, um, which can be imposing to some people. Thank you. Uh, I mean, you're welcome. So. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thank you for being uh, yeah, intelligent. No, like, that can be intimidating <laughs> to some people. <laughs> you know, a woman of color is, inte- you know, intelligent. It's intimidating to some people that are not necessarily, you know, caught up to speed with how you should act in society. Um, well, I think you might be giving my intelligence too much credit. <laughs> I I regard you as a very, one of the most intelligent people I know. So oh, Me too. Thank you. Well, I feel the same way about you guys. Well, well, on that, uh, There's a reason you do not. most of the talky talky stuff on the show. Yeah. Uh, I think I probably talked too much and could afford to shut the fuck up a little. <laughs> um, I So just on that, on that topic, I will say that when I was at that particular Northeastern school, I don't recall feeling a lot of like um, subtle racism or microaggressions or anything. Again, it was like a very, very diverse student body. Um, I know that there were students who had, you know, racist experiences and very bad dynamics. And there were sometimes things going on with faculty that were unsavory, Um you know, like faculty dynamics, kind of some of the things that we saw in in this movie. But as a student, I didn't really feel that very often. If I if I ever had incidents, I'm not I'm not really recalling them now. The, the main thing I remember is like one one student arguing with me about my ethnicity, and she was like totally convinced that I was Israeli. I'm like, uh, no, I'm not. So much you were. Well, but it wasn't just that. She claimed that I told her I was Israeli. And so she was arguing with me when I differed with her. And I was like, she was like, but you told me you were Israeli. I'm like, I just, I know that I didn't do that because I'm not. So I would never say that. Yeah. <laughs> what you could say to her is, you go buy a 23 and me and I'll prove it to you. Yeah. Right. Um, I will say, so I, I went on to pursue a, an additional degree at a Southern public university and i won't go into it but i i definitely had more experiences at that school that were i not on par with what jasmine went through but definitely some more like kind of um subtle racism and you know some some kind of undermining types of behaviors from some fellow students but um but that you know that's a conversation for another time and place but um yeah, so I I wouldn't say that like my college experience at the Northeastern school was was like Jasmine's. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So anyway, um, next week, Hedgeberg, yeah, yeah. it's your pick. What movie have you chosen for us? No, well, next week I'm gonna get revenge on you guys. And what, what have what you chosen do? for us? The film is Revenge. Oh, <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> It's a Shutter okay. exclusive, and we're gonna have okay. a special guest on. Keeping yes. it secret? No, I'll review it. I- I'll mention it now. Uh, it's okay. uh, Logan from uh, Ghoulish University Podcast, awesome. which is a friend of ours. Uh, podcast that reviews uh, Tales from the Crypt episodes. Oh, nice! Fantastic. By, season by season, they're they're reviewing every season of Tales from the Crypt. They're going from episode one through. Kind of yeah, it's cool. I can't wait to have Logan on. You got any listeners are not going to be able to tell who's talking because we've been told we sound exactly alike. So <laughs> I don't see it. I've listened to several episodes of their podcast, but initially when they came out, yeah, I heard that too. I kind of hear it, but then again, I don't know if I have an accurate like perception of how I really sound. So who knows? You guys will have to I tell us. I'm not saying that she sounds bad or like you sound like I just didn't notice like the similarity enough to understand where people are coming from with that statement but mm-hmm. i looked for it 
I definitely did when I first started listening to Ghoulish. Yeah. Oh, and I, I forgot something. Um, Mr. Hydroberg was on another show. Oh yeah, I wanted. I was. I was going to promote that, but oh, we sorry. Can it now, definitely, I was on. Uh, I want to give a special thanks to Anna and Hannah, also Hunter, because he wasn't on the show, but he's he's one of the co-hosts of um, Cinema Slab. Uh, Anna, you may remember, she was on our Krampus episode. Anna Presley. Uh, she has a uh, candle business and a um, um, house of wax. Anna's house of wax. House of yeah. wax yeah. So good. Um, but yeah, they have a podcast. Uh, they have four episodes so far that they're putting out. And we we reviewed um, The Last of Us, uh, episode one through three. Uh, it was a great discussion. Uh, just a fun time. Uh, we just, Hannah and Anna, just, they're very, uh, I don't know, they're just very warm people. Uh, it was just like a yeah. cool experience to just sit down and just talk. We talked the show for a while and then we just kind of sidetracked and started talking about like horror <laughs> movies and what we watched and the walking well, this comparisons there yeah that's what these podcasts are yeah. for we talk like, about we just you guys talk. and this show and just like the slack and straight chilling and in general and we talked about their show and they're they're going to like a horror convention soon and some just I don't, it was just a fun time and i i really appreciate them asking me to come on the show yeah. so yeah well, i know you've really been enjoying show. that series yeah. oh i do the last episode is really good i i like it a lot um, yeah, go check it out because that that was a really really good episode. I, I, all their episodes are really good, but that that was great. That was a great conversation yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, it was it was real fun. So Cinema Slab on all your podcast apps. They're not on Apple yet, but they're on all, almost all the other major ones, Spotify and Podbean and all those other ones, I believe. So cool. Check them out. Cool check them out on Instagram and check out Anna's House of Wax too. Hyderberg is just a resident celebrity around here. He's in high demand. That. I don't know about that. I just no, I think my schedule is just more open than the rest of you guys. Uh, I don't think that's it. But yeah, uh, no, kids, everybody's but... inviting Hyderberg to be a special guest. Everybody wants that reach around. I think they all think. Yeah, exactly. I think they all think they're getting a reach around. But I've kind of taken a stance where I, I leave the re- the reach rounds for our show. You're no oh, sweet, hey? <laughs> Don't go cheating on us. If I bring it everywhere else, then why would they come here to get it? You know what I mean? Exactly. Why buy the cow when you can get the milk you for can get free? get the milk for free, exactly. That's what my mother <laughs> taught me. Oh, Hyderberg. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to Revenge next week featuring special guest Logan. Have you guys seen it? No, I don't know anything about it. I'm oh, not going nice. to look up anything. I'm just going to go in cold. So I have. It's on Shutter. Okay, good to know. Thank you. So everybody can find that shutter. What year did you say that was from? Uh, 2017 or some okay. some things show 2018. Yeah. Okay. I think it was to it, 2018. Okay. It might have released on shutter in 2018 and it, maybe it did the circuit on like it released in, in some of the festivals or something at 2017. All right, cool. So next week we'll be back here talking about revenge from 2017 or 18. You can find it on shutter. Uh, in the meantime, if you would like to email us your experiences in college and uh, if you'd like to tell us that we're wrong about ways that we interpreted this movie or ways that we interpreted the Black experience in academia, please feel free to email us. Let us know. James, if you're listening, tell us what you love about Master. Um, we'd love to hear it. So you can email us at a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cut above horror. And to just touch on the email uh, part. Yeah. Just even if you just have like, I don't know, some stories about college or just like, uh, you know, like if it was troubling just to like settle in when you first got to college or stuff like that, it doesn't have to be hard related. 
I'd definitely be interested in just hearing those tales. But yeah. if, if there were moments of racism and stuff or that you had to deal with, that that's definitely interesting. And it lends to our discussion here. And mm-hmm. I would we would definitely love to hear that. Um, if you want to catch us on Instagram, you can catch us at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review. And make sure you follow us on Facebook, a cut above colon horror review. We also want to say huge thank you to those five star reviews that we or five star ratings that we've been getting on uh, iTunes and Spotify. Please keep them coming or wherever you listen to your podcast. We appreciate it. Hell yeah. All right. Well, fellas, as always, it's been a pleasure. Love talking with you. So grateful to have this time with you. And I will look forward to seeing you next week talking about revenge and remember to keep it creepy